Hey, what's happening, guys? Sorry, uh, sorry that we missed y'all last week with the podcast. Um, I may or may not have been out shooting a what could be new product that may or may not be coming out in the next uh, two days to to twelve months. Um, who knows? Not me. I don't know. But I'm glad to be back with you guys this week. Um, <clears throat> we were just out doing some turkey hunting and some fly fishing, um, so we were having fun. Um, hopefully, you guys are starting to get out. Turkey season's open for, for the hunters out there. I know there's a lot of good fishing happening right now, so make sure you get out. All right, guys. Today is the day that we are giving away our Ultra Backpack. Um, we got a lot of awesome reviews on iTunes. I'm loving it. Thank you guys so much for the feedback. Um, so what I did is I took all the reviews, entered the usernames into a spreadsheet here, um, and they all have a number assigned to them. Um, and what I'm going to do here on this podcast right now is I got a random number generator and I'm going to hit the generate button and I am going to pick that number and see whose number that is. I'm going to list that name off on the podcast here. And whoever's username that is, just shoot us an email, uh, info at seekoutside.com, say podcast winner, um, and we'll get you hooked up with that new pack. So here we go. Let's get ready to rumble. Hitting the button now. And the number is 17. 17 is... Beals Burbs. So B-E-A-L-L-Z Burbs. You are the winner of a ultra backpack. Hit us up, info at seekoutside.com. Uh, make sure you, you say something about the podcast and we will get that that pack rolling for you. So congratulations again. Thank you guys so much for participating. Love to hear the feedback. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Ryan Spinks of Quiet Cat. They are just down the road from us here uh, in Grand Junction. They're in Eagle, Colorado. Uh, they were they were nice enough to loan us a couple bikes for a uh, f- turkey hunting film that we're going to be putting out here soon. Um, <clears throat> and we, we really enjoy the e-bikes. But we get into some, some pretty fun topics regarding e-bikes and and how they can be used. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. All right. Have a great week. Welcome to the Seek Outside Podcast. And then you say, you think that's bad? See Ryan on the phone in the office. Wired that way. 60 megabits per second. Yep. <laughs> it's just like. It's all your luck. Yeah. Boom. Um, all we right. We rolling, Zach? Yeah. Cool. Well, special episode of the Seek Outside podcast here. We're doing it in person with a guest, which we typically don't do. We've been doing a lot of our guests are calling in on, on Zoom or whatever. So. This is a fun one, but yeah, we got Ryan Spinks. We're here at the Quiet Cat um, e-bike headquarters here in Eagle, Colorado, and uh, we got Ryan Spinks, who is the one of the main product designers, um, does a lot of the digital content creation uh, for Quiet Cat. Um, thanks for thanks for jumping on, man, and thanks yeah. for lending us some bikes for this film we got coming up here. Absolutely, and thanks for coming through. Um, you know, yeah. it's, it's kind of funny you talk about the Zoom. Of course, we've been doing a lot of Zoom over the last yep. little while. And, uh, this space that we're in here, we actually use to do uh, live product presentations typically over zoom uh to our customers all over the world sure um, so this is this is a really cool space we're glad you guys are here we're glad to use this for for this event and really excited for you guys film i think uh you guys are going to have a really good time and capture some really exciting content yeah i'm really stoked. excited um you know i've been on e-bikes before but i uh, have never used one to actually hunt yeah so well, the reason I wanted to get e-bikes was because I was actually turkey hunting in this spot, which uh, is in um, uh, Los Angeles, California, is actually where we're going to be doing this turkey. Downtown. Just, just so everybody knows. Yep. Uh, but Downtown yeah, LA. <laughs> I, I did it last year, and I, was, I actually took my mountain bike there, but 
you know, it's like six miles. I had like a, a pack on and it was just such a bitch to do. And so, you know, I was thinking about doing a turkey hunting film this year and, um, you know, I love the spot that we're going because it's, it's just picturesque turkey habitat, but hard to get to, especially this time of year, cause the main roads closed and there's a lot of mud and stuff like that. So we, we had the idea of doing e-bikes and, you know, figured. luckily you guys are literally down the interstate, yeah, right down the street, <laughs> right down right the, the corridor, right two hours down the street from us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm stoked, man. Definitely. And, and like you said, a lot of people have tried to use a traditional bicycle, you know, some places an ATV, um, you know, or, or a motorized vehicle, like a motorbike's not legal to use, or mm-hmm. in, in cases of hunting, you just don't want to go driving a motorcycle in there because it's just yeah. announcing to everybody, Hey, look at me, here mm-hmm. I am. Yeah. Not to mention the petrol scent, everything else that goes along with it. How do I get to a place where I can actually park it? So many other challenges, right? Yeah. You mentioned a traditional bicycle and a traditional bicycle is a fantastic machine but it has a lot of limitations oh, we're yeah. up here in the rocky mountains we're right between vale and aspen here in eagle you go out of our office and if you want to go home if you want to go to the grocery store if you want to go get something to lunch you're going up and over a mountain or mm-hmm. at least you're going up some hills yeah um, so where our bikes do have the electric motor the big difference you're going to find versus your traditional electric bike is that we are purpose-built for that utility we're purpose-built to take your gear out there for hunting fishing camping you know yeah. or if you're just going out on a photography mission if you're doing some of these other films you're bringing so much gear out there with you. Yeah. And that's really where Quiet Cat sets ourselves apart from all of the other bicycle and even a lot of the other e-bike brands that are out there is we're really specifically designed for that utility, you know, for you to, to go on that adventure. And like I said, bring the gear that you need with you. Mm-hmm. And then of course, you got to bring that game right back out again. Yeah. Yeah. So, so where were e-bikes invented? Because yeah. to me, an e-bike, especially like what you guys are making, which are designed for, you know, to, to carry some gear, have trailers, have, you know, solar chargers, all the accessories. It seems like it would be an invention that would come from Colorado. Because when I think of like Colorado or, or, you know, some of the other Western states, but I feel like Colorado is a pretty good representation. The, like when I'm looking for gear, whether it's a sleeping bag or a backpack or, or whatever, I'm looking for something that I can use for, you know, spring fishing, spring turkey hunting, use it in the summer to, you know, get to my camping spots, use it in the fall to go hunting, you know, sometimes in the winter to, you know, go ice fishing or something like that up on the Grand Mesa. Um, Dude. Colorado. Yeah. The e-bike <laughs> sounds like it would be invented in Colorado. I don't yeah. know. I don't know about you. <laughs> was it? Is that yeah. Where, yeah. Is that where it was? Y- you invented? know, I, I, I wish I could, I wish I could say that Colorado invented <clears throat> the e-bike. I'm sure that, that, like you said, the Colorado lifestyle has definitely had a huge impact on it. Yeah. Um, electric bicycles have really been around for a long time now. You know, you, you could probably go back all the way to the thirties when they were coming out with the first kind of electric motorcycles and some of the mm-hmm. capabilities and even had some that had pedals on them that you would use the pedals to get up and going. The electric motor would assist you. So the concept has really been around for a century. What's hmm. happened in the last kind of 10 to 15 years is the technology on bicycles, the technology on batteries and other electronics in yeah. general have all really caught up. Mm-hmm. And what we've got now is really the perfect combination of material science, the ability to harness power in the lithium ion batteries and some of the new battery technology that mm-hmm. a lot of these companies are working on now. Yeah. Um, and then of course, integrating all of that within the form factor, the system, right? Yeah. And the size. So now what you have is a practical system, right? A lot of electric bikes that you saw 20 years ago may have some big car battery strapped to the back of it <laughs> and wiring all over yeah. it, right? And some junky motor or some kind of yeah. hybrid electric lawnmower kind of motor that was built. So nothing was really purpose built yet and you know you mentioned the difference in kind of what we've built on that purpose-built form we've been able to take the technology that exists in both mountain biking and electric motors and the electric batteries and bring that together to create like i said a, a practical piece of equipment that is going to have the power that you need to not only propel the machine and the obviously extra weight of the machine it's a bit heavier than a traditional bike mm-hmm. when you throw a motor and a battery yeah, on yeah. it yeah um, sure but like I said, we've built it purposely to be able to be that utility piece. 
You've seen uh, the European culture really adopt the electric bicycle mm-hmm. a little bit earlier than the U.S. A lot of t- a lot of that was on the commuting side. Um, yeah. You've seen that for years in Europe. They've got the small scooters and a lot of the small motorcycles. So there's already a little bit of a, a small motor two-wheel culture there. Mm-hmm. So the e-bike was a, a pretty natural adaptation. Very, very quickly in the last, I'd say, five years, the U.S. has really caught on. Yeah, adopted um, it. And and it's it's everything from... I want a nice thing to be able to commute from my house to my office if I live in an urban environment. There's a lot of great brands out there that are making really cool bikes for that type of, you know, we call it urban commuting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the hipsters are loving the sustainability factor, and we all love the ability to get in and out and not have to worry about parking. So many challenges yep. are, are taken <clears throat> care of with the e-bike. Yep. Then you look at the mountain biking scene, and again, we're in Vail, Colorado. Um we have a, a, I call it the world champions club. We have a few people that live out here in our area who are world champions in their sports. We're talking oh, yeah. mountain bikers, Michaela Schifrin, um, ski, yeah. uh, ski racer, Lindsey Vaughn, ski yeah. racer. So we've got some pretty amazing people and it's not unheard of to be riding on a trail doing everything you can to try to climb up the mountain and have somebody come racing by on your left and you're like, what the, how the, <laughs> yeah. what the, the only thing is, it's a world-class athlete. <laughs> you're exactly right. It's a world-class athlete. And then you think about where we are out here near Vail and Aspen. You're on a world-class trail in a world-class mountain biking environment. Yeah. And that can be a lot of fun if you're a world-class athlete. Yeah. Oh, Most sure. of us aren't. Exactly. Right? So the electric mountain bike has started to open up so much more to the everyday mountain bike rider that wants to be able to go out and experience these trails, that wants to go out and and be able to ride to the top of the hill, get back down and be able to do that after work. So they can do that loop in two hours as opposed to the four to six hours it might take, uh, you know, under that kind of, we'll call it acoustic bike scenario. Sure. So again, what we've been able to do with QuietCat is look at it and say, okay, the electric mountain bike is great. But what our customer wants to do is be able to go five miles farther to set up their tree stand or they want to be able to go another 10 miles up the river to be able to float a fly where there's just no pressure at all on these fish because nobody really can get up there it's so difficult it's for your your family trips when you want to go camping with the family and you want to be able to go beyond that first mile from the trailhead that is let's face it as crowded as it's ever been especially through the pandemic and the surge in outdoor exploration yeah so being able to take the family i've got a a 10 year old daughter Uh, my daughter my wife and i we jump on the quiet cats i got a trailer to to haul the gear and we're able to go four or five miles out have a really cool time have a fun experience and everybody gets that kind of level playing field if you will of having the capability the e-bike to go out and enjoy it and we don't have to all be world-class athletes to go and have a good time in the mountains sure well and so you were you were telling me kind of before the the podcast here you you got in to e-biking from your mountain biking experience. Uh, would you mind just kind of going into maybe running that back and Definitely. explaining how you got into it? So I, I grew up out here in Vail, Colorado, um, and really started my world uh, or started my life as a ski athlete. Um, all the way through college, I was a professional ski athlete. And then after college had an injury and it was like, okay, real world. Yeah. Um, so I moved into overseeing rental operations uh, for a ski and mountain bike shop in Vail. We had locations in uh, Beaver Creek, Colorado and, and Breckenridge. So a very world-class type of environment. Yeah. And that really gave me some exposure to how people really use this type of equipment. And as an athlete, of course, we're helping to develop high-level equipment and the next generation, and you're working at the best of the best. But like we said before, not everybody is really going to buy or really needs to have that race-level right, type yeah. of product. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't all drive race cars, right? You know, yeah. There's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. um, so working in the ski and bike industry there in the rental side really opened my eyes to what people want to do where people want to go how they want this equipment to work what are their expectations out of this equipment and so as a mountain bike racer i looked at it and said well i want to have perfect suspension and i want to have a perfect geometry and i want to be able to stand on the bike and get aggressive and have everything just be amazing but when you get on a quiet cat, it, you're in a completely different paradigm. We're not standing up, getting aggressive in racing. In and, fact, yeah. like we said, we want to sit down. We want to be comfortable. We want to be confident on the machine. And then we want to be able to go out and tackle this terrain, whether it be a, a long dirt road, a super steep hill. 
um, or just a, a, a cruise a little bit further away from the truck to get into that deer yeah. stand. And that's, you know, that's a great thing in my mind about these things is I can look at a, a certain maybe activity that I are typically do on my own two feet or maybe on a horse. I, I still hunt off horseback. Um, or maybe I don't hunt off horseback, but I utilize horses to get camp and, and equipment in. Um, but, uh, you know, I can look at that certain, certain situation and say, okay, this is where a bike could really help me. One, because I like the horses cause they don't, yeah, like you said, no petrol smell, aren't super loud. Um, you know, look like an elk. Yeah. They <laughs> look like an elk. I can walk behind <clears throat> them and then stop and, you know, uh, yeah. and do the old, uh, what is that? What is that off of? movie it's like daniel boone or something like that i don't know jeremiah johnson something like oh that. yeah 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 walks behind jeremiah the horse, johnson and the yep. horse keeps walking Classic and able scene. To sh- shoot the shoot the elk or yeah deer that or sounds like, like that. a robin hood move for sure yeah, yeah. Well, i dude, still want to do it horses are probably looking at these things and like they're like shit we're gonna be out of a job here pretty well, that, 10, and that's what i'm years. saying so like while I'll still utilize my horses there's definitely times where they are too much of a hassle to take somewhere mm-hmm. like going out of state no way am I going to, right, especially right now, no way am I going to haul my horse trailer up to Idaho or whatever and try to utilize them to hunt elk. You know, yeah. it, it would be nice to have one of these to throw in the bed, you know, mm-hmm. and like most, I'm, I'm sure that you could just throw them over the tailgate with a little, with a, you know, a tailgate cover and away you go. You yeah. don't have to worry about watering it. You don't have to worry about feeding it other than keeping it charged. Yeah. But it's a whole lot less complicated than the horse thing. And like I said, it's not that I'm like going to throw away one mode of transportation over the other. Like I'm still going to use my legs. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but having this to, to apply to certain situations is just, yeah. it's just a no brainer for you, me at least. You're absolutely right. And it's, it's funny you talk about the, comparing it to the horse. We have actually been called the modern day iron horse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is the aluminum horse. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But you're, and I think you're also right is that in my garage, I've got my standard mountain bike that I still ride on the weekends. Mm-hmm. We've got the side by side that we take the kids out and go romp around in the desert. Yeah. I've got my four by four vehicle that we use for overlanding with the tent, right? We've got all of the stuff because we do all of the stuff. Mm-hmm. You're not going to give up your ATV with your e-bike in yeah. every circumstance, but this is going to be another tool that you can use for, like you said, when you have those type of challenges. It's difficult yeah. to trailer and, and haul an ATV or a horse. Yeah. Um, yeah. This thing, you don't really need to feed it. You, Like you said, plug it into the solar panel or, or yeah. plug it into the wall, recharge the battery. That's all you've got to do. It won't buck me off yeah. well, unless I'm... Ideally, little, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless I'm goosing it, Unless, you know? you're, and, uh, and, unless and you're doing lunch loops. I'll yeah. also mention as well. We've had a number of uh, dude ranches and other type of experiences like that that do offer horseback riding as one of their their main uh, activities. Yeah. But they also have the e-bikes there now. If you've got a family that has finished up a day's worth of horseback riding and fishing and other type of activity, and they would like to just go out to that point and watch the sunset because it's just a beautiful spot to do so. Yeah. The e-bike has kind of provided that extra spot we we like to say that yeah. not necessarily everybody can ride a horse right if you were yeah I, I i tell my friends if you were planning a bachelor party for example you would have no problem planning a bike ride because you wouldn't ever think twice that somebody can't ride a bike mm-hmm. right but you might think of other activities and say well i don't know if he's got the skill for this i don't know if this person's going to yeah. want to do that but when you talk about a bike it's like oh it's just like riding a bike and yeah, right, yeah. and that's one of the things we try to do with our bikes as well is we want people to be able to get on and feel comfortable and be able to just go and enjoy it and know that, okay, I'm not going to take my ATV because it's loud, it's noisy, and it's difficult to haul in my truck. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, like you said, toss this over to tailgate, yeah. get on out there. This will be nice and easy. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. and going back to the horse thing, I mean, how, how, much, how many pounds can a, a horse reasonably carry? on either side of the and it really depends know, on how much like are am i riding it as well um, no just like, like say you're just yeah you're just, i'm just leading it yeah, or just leading it's it. just part of the string you know i would say like 50 pounds on each side is like good for any horse you know, that's yeah. 100 pounds um typically a person's 100 pounds but you also have to think like if you're packing it uh in boxes or, or panniers it, it's 
on the side of the horse. It's not directly over the horse. It's on the side of the horse. Now, some horses can pack more. Like I have a horse. My uh, Apollo can, can pack way more, but he is also a brick shit house. You yeah. know, like yeah. the dude is huge. I have to jump to get on him and I have to jump to get off of him, you know, but yeah. we have another horse that's a little bit smaller and, but she can carry less. So I would say 50 pounds on each side is, so, is, I mean, a I feel like that's starting point. Yeah. That's pretty similar to like kind of what these e-bikes are, but you can also ride them too, which is, which I think is awesome. Yeah. You're, you're, you're really, you're really opening up a very good point there with our e-bikes. They're designed to carry 325 pounds, you know, of total payload on the bikes. Mm -hmm. That's going to include you as a rider. So if you're a little bit bigger guy, going to the trailer is really going to help expand. You're going to be able to safely carry an additional 100 pounds in the trailer. Mm -hmm. Now, the trailer itself could probably handle carrying more weight than that, but I like to say 100, 100, 125 pounds is about as much as you want to load up because you start to uh, cross that threshold of my skill as a bike rider is now going to kind of have more of a factor as far as how I'm going to safely get across. You could mm -hmm. we, We've put 200-pound guys in the back of the trailer ridden right down the street to go to lunch, no problem. Everything's fine. You get into some of that real undulating terrain where you've got some up and down, some turns, some ravines, some different things going on. Like I said, there's a certain Slow, point, yeah. about 100, 125 pounds, where the skill of the rider starts to matter. Yeah, but, and that's, that's important to know your own limitations too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, but to your point, I weigh about 200 pounds. I'm not a small guy. So yeah. I, I can pack another 100 to 125 pounds on the bike and another 100 pounds into the trailer and still be comfortable riding that bike. Mm -hmm. So we've basically just doubled what you said kind of your average horse is going to be able to carry. Yeah. Um, so right there, we've, we've, we've kind of crossed a little bit of capability. And of course, yeah. like you said, there's horses out there that'll, that'll carry, carry massive weight. But yeah. at the same time, I can't imagine a horse like that is cheap to own and cheap to maintain yeah if you that, will. and that's a, that's another thing is like you know luckily uh my parents still own a place that they're able to um my dad's able to to you know dedicate an entire field to hay that feeds the horses throughout the year right mm -hmm. so um we're super lucky to have that not everyone has their own pro horse property you know um, might have it, to board it. Yeah, you might have like to that. board yeah. it, and it's and then like money. at that point, it makes no sense for you to own, even own horses. Like honestly, if someone was like, "Man, I really want to become like a, a a horse, a guy who who uses horses to hunt or whatever," I'd be like, "Well, you literally have to like change your whole lifestyle then." Mm -hmm. it, it, like if you're starting from zero, but most people are coming into it because their dad did it or their you know they had family did who did it as well. Um. But but, yeah, but then it, like you don't have to feed a bike, other than like we like said power, sun, just power. Know? But I'm not having to harvest power for an entire summer to then carry my e-bike e throughout yeah. the whole year, which yeah, I sure. which we do. You know, like like I'm not there every day, but my dad's out every day moving pipe, irrigating, and then when it comes time to cut, and we do two, and if we're lucky, three cuttings a year, and then I come down and I help him. I help them uh, bale and throw hay into things and stack it in the barn and stuff like that. But, you know, he's out every other day moving pipe to, to irrigate his field because he doesn't have like a pivot or anything. Mm -hmm. It's not that big to own a pivot to make a pivot make sense. Um, but, you know, yeah, we're yeah. not out there with, with a big old solar panel field trying to yeah. obtain power for our bikes throughout the year we've seen big similar challenges out here with the side-by-sides as well you know a lot of homeowners associations don't want you to park a side-by-side -side in the driveway or mm -hmm. you can't have the trailer for it in the driveway so now yeah. like you said there's there's so many more things that that come along with you know owning a horse owning a side-by-side -side, owning some of these different types of vehicles yeah, you can just throw this in the garage yeah like it's yep, really no big deal um yeah so i want to kind of switch gears here um <clears throat> we had uh david lean on the podcast who he's a colorado bha backcountry hunters and anglers guy uh and we had a discussion about like e-bikes versus mountain bikes versus horses on wilderness and and national forest and mm -hmm. all i guess wilderness you you 
can't have e-bikes in wilderness, correct? Because they're yeah, a motorized vehicle. Just like everything else with what we do, it's it's very important to understand what land you're on and what the regulations are mm-hmm. on that land. Yeah. Wilderness yeah. is a great example. Wilderness does not allow any wheeled vehicle off of any government-maintained road. So within the wilderness, you'll see county roads. Riding your e-bike on that county road, for the most part, is legal. If you're allowed to drive your vehicles, drive a motorcycle, that's all good to go. Um, on the trails in wilderness, you're not allowed a wheeled vehicle, meaning you can't bring a wagon. You can't yeah. push a wheelbarrow up it. You certainly can't have a traditional bicycle. You can't have a regular bicycle. So it's always very important to understand where you are and what those regulations yeah. are. Yeah. And that brings up a really good point on the way our bikes are built. Our bikes have very high power motors. Most of our bikes uh, feature... 1,000-watt motors with peak up to 1,500 watts. We also have versions that are 750-watt and lower. Mm-hmm. And the 750-watt is a key, uh, key number to keep in mind. Here in the United States, we have the classified electric bicycle system, which clearly defines what is an electric bicycle versus what is considered a motorized vehicle. And that has a cutoff at 750 watts, has a speed limit of 20 miles an hour, and has some regulations on whether you use just the pedal assist or the thumb throttle like our bikes are featured with. Mm -hmm. So with that throttle ability as well as the pedal assist ability, with the 750 watt limit, 20 mile an hour speed limit, you are compliant with class two electric bike regulations. What's really cool is you can unplug the throttle and disconnect it, remove it from the bike really, really easily um, to disable that throttle, then you just have the pedal assist that is actually powering the bike in the case where you need to comply with class one regulations. Pennsylvania uh, came out and said on all of our state hunting land, we're going to allow class one and class two electric bikes because we see this as a great way of accessing the land a great way for people to get in and have a great experience but it's not using a motorized vehicle so we don't have the noise we don't have the pollution Mm -hmm. we don't have the issues with accidents and spillage of chemical and everything else that comes with a motorized vehicle so we sell more 750 watt bikes in pennsylvania than anywhere else in the country yeah so Again, it's always important to understand where you're going to be, what are the regulations where you're going to be, what are the things that you need to keep in mind. Um, are electric bikes allowed on the trails that I want to go to? Are motorcycles allowed on these trails? You know, what is the rules and regs? You know, we encourage you to reach out to your, you know, your local DNR, um, your local land management agency. Then another great place to check is peopleforbikes.org. Mm. They're partners of ours. Um, they are the lobby group for us in the bicycle industry. They built that whole three-class system that's been adopted in, I mm. believe, 31 states now. Uh, to make it very clear of where you can and can't yeah. legally use your electric bicycle. Now, we also have a lot of folks on private land, um, you know, farms in the Midwest, where those regulations don't matter, yeah. which yeah. is why, like I said, we sell a lot of our, call them unlimited series, that have that higher power, don't have any speed limit um, governed into the electronics. Yeah. The speed's basically limited by the tire pressure, the terrain, and you know how much weight you've got on the bike. Yeah. Hmm. So, so do you guys, um, I'm sure, you know, being that the kind of recreational e-bike industry, I would say is on the newer side of, you know, technologies kind of like, you know, kind of like drones or something where there's still some regulations that need to be figured out. Yeah. Sussed out. Yeah. Hammered out for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that it's just like our, like our uh, National Forest Service, uh, uh, Department of the Interior. There's just so many things that happen so quickly. I don't think they were able to keep up with it all, but we have to get there because there's just things that like don't make sense. Like, yeah. you know, with drones, like, you know, um, like, you know, landing a drone on National Forest Service or land or whatever. Like there's all sorts of regulations Weird. And, and I don't yeah. even know all of them. Right. Yeah. Um, it's chaos. It so, is just chaos. Yeah, and, and to that point, we're here in Eagle, Colorado, right? We are literally in the wild, wild west. And so this type of stuff is really nothing new to us out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been dealing with this since going back to the cowboy days. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a little bit of wild west. Like I said, People for Bikes has done a great job of, of really lobbying on a federal level where the class system has been adopted, including uh, DOI, all of our national forests, all of our BLM. They have all adopted this three-class system. Mm-hmm. So what does that really mean? What it means is that these agencies have recognized the difference between a classified electric bicycle and a motorized vehicle. Right. 
Right. So that line in the sand has been drawn. And that's a fantastic bit of progress, like you said, for figuring out common sense regulations for this stuff. Yep. What yep. we still have the challenge of, and why I say we're still in the Wild West a bit, is we have a trail center on BLM land right out here to the north of us. Um, you can ride your acoustic bike on there. There are no e-bikes allowed on the mountain bike trails. You can ride your mountain bike up the road and honest, or sorry, you can ride your e-bike up the road and I think it's a better experience. Yeah. Um, but you can't ride your electric bike on those trails. Now you go to the other side of the south. We've got trails out there that are open to moto. They're open to e-bike. Um, they're open to all sorts of different pieces of machine, uh, ATVs, 50-inch uh, side-by-sides. So what we're finding is that each individual trail center has their own regulations. So figure out what land you're on, figure out who owns the trails, get involved with your local community, and peopleforbikes.org is a great resource to help bring some of this common sense legislation uh, into the communities if you find that something's missing or lacking. So, and you were saying that there are three classifications uh on that so what so it's uh would it be just standard acoustic bikes electric bikes and then motorized vehicles or is there is there a classification above motorized vehicles that you're talking about basically the three class system just appeals to electric bikes so you have your acoustic bicycles that are classified as standard bicycle yeah Mm -hmm. Um, then you have class one which is uh, represented by an electric bicycle has pedals and it only you can only activate the motor by pedal by assist, okay. which means mm-hmm. as you pedal the bike, the motor kicks in and gives yep. you some assistance, assistance. along the way. Yeah. Okay. Class yeah. two allows you to freewheel the pedals here, push the throttle, and basically ride it like an electric motorcycle. So you don't actually have to be physically pedaling. You can hit the throttle. Both class one and two have a 20-mile-an-hour speed limit. Yep. Mm. All three classes have the 750 nominal watt limit, which is kind of the nominal operating output of the motor itself. Okay. Class three is a little different. We don't really work with that here at Quiet Cat. Uh, class three, there's no throttle allowed, but it takes the speed limit up to 28 miles an hour. Mm. So you'd think, well, why would I want a speed limit of 28 versus 20, no throttle? What does that do? The reason class three was designed is for those urban commuter bikes that are going to be forced to ride within the flow of traffic Mm. and need to reach that 25 mile an hour Mm. speed comfortably to move with the flow of traffic. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like, it's not like a dirt bike is class three. Okay. I I see what you're saying. Once you, once you leave the electric bicycle and go to the motorcycle, you go back to the traditional regulations that have existed for a while um, with where you've got your small motors, the under, under 49 CCs, Mm -hmm. your little scooters and stuff like that. Different set of registration. Now, the other nice thing to mention on the e-bike is that there's no insurance required. There's no title required. And in most states, there's no age limit or helmet law or anything like that. There are a few states that want you to be 16 to ride an e-bike, um, but it's it's huh. slowly developing to get more and more favorable. Okay. So big yeah. thing is you don't need to title it. You don't need to insure it. So That's another set thing, of costs yeah. that you don't have to worry about. And, yeah, and so I, I want to play kind of devil's advocate here right um i was just riding the the quiet cat out front i've ridden e-bikes before the freaking sweet but are there are there places that you can go on an e-bike that you can't with a dirt bike or like why like if somebody was trying to make that decision between a quiet cat and just like a, a a dirt bike that they can take out aside from maybe noise right like are there are there places that you can take an e-bike that you can't take a a dirt bike? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And, and like I said, Pennsylvania is a great example where they've said classified electric bicycles are legal, motorized vehicles are not. So okay. no dirt bikes, no side-by-sides, yeah. no ATVs, but your electric bicycle is legal. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, I think the just for, for a hunter in a hunting situation, which obviously is what we're going to be using them for, you know, just yeah. the, the noise alone is is a, a big factor. And Well, that you know, and like... You know, it, it's going to be beginning of April here in a couple of days, you know, is when mm-hmm. we're doing it. Um, there's still regulations on people can't even go out and go and pick up shed antlers, mm-hmm. you know, still. So we're going to try to go out and shoot a turkey in basically the same area that people would be looking for shed antlers, right? Wintering and it's like, range. Wintering range, yeah. Like, so... 
my big thing is uh, I'm a I'm a big proponent of letting of uh, letting those winter range animals do their thing until you know they're up back up in the high country. Big proponent of it. Um, and you know when we were talking about doing it, we had, we had said four wheelers, and then we immediately were like, well, maybe not because we're going to be running around in, in, in wintering ground and you know one elk and deer. But two, like, I don't want to be pushing turkeys around everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. they're going to hear it too. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to announce to them that we're, that we're coming in, you know? Um, and that's kind of like why I was like, yep, I want to, I want to take one of these things out. Um, you know, and, um, luckily you guys were, like I said, right down the road, uh, cause we had looked at maybe renting a couple and then, um, talk to you guys. Um, but, uh, it's, it's huge to, to think that you can like, utilize a motored vehicle right an electric motor vehicle get in somewhere still as quietly as you could just on foot and and be able to yeah to hunt things. i was i was shocked at how quiet this one was because yeah. i mean quiet cat i guess it's got to be pretty dang quiet for, <laughs> yeah if it's in the name, name. <laughs> yeah we do work we do work on on trying to keep it quiet because you're right that's that's a huge deal it's it's a huge reason why am i going to leave my atv my dirt bike that's got all that power all that capability we all know what motorcycles and atvs can do yeah um so like you said i want to go in stealthy i want to go in scent free i want to try to be able to do everything i can to like you said get in with as little pressure on the overall environment, not just what I'm hunting, but on the overall environment. So you also have to think about, we're not ripping up a double track with four Mm -hmm. wheels. We're not ripping up any soft soil because of the power of the motorcycle. Um, So environmental impact is, is huge. And as hunters, let's face it, hunters are the number one conservationists when it comes to keeping lands and keeping animal uh, uh, wildlife refuges, keeping these, these places preserved, which is very important as you mentioned. Um, So this gives you a much lower impact way of getting into those same places it for the whole environment not just for for what you're praying yeah and like who knows there might be guys out there already they might have beat us to the spot yeah and I, know. I i would be super mad if some dudes came ripping by on an atv and i knew that birds were roosting uh just you know across the way yeah. from our camp and i was trying to stay quiet and then some dudes come ripping by on an atv i'd be like hmm don't like that you know yeah. uh so it's just kind of like common courtesy uh i guess to as well to your fellow hunter um but yeah i still do like running around in my can-am sometimes oh it's yeah it's, it's <laughs> fun no doubt. But, but i don't know man but for this for this dude like that's that's totally like a leisure sport right like i'm going out to the deserty place and i'm i want to kick up some dust and have some high octane fun but like for th- like i said like at the beginning like for this specific use case i don't really know if there's I don't really know if there's anything better. Like I said, man, your horse. He's just, he's gonna see that you're riding around on an e-bike and get gonna be a little pissed, man. He's gonna stomp me out. Yeah, he's gonna be like, man, I gotta start, I gotta start doing some uh, some workouts so I can carry more. Gosh, dude, he looks like a he looks like a shaggy. He looks like a muskox right now. Really? I mean, we need to sh- like the brush winter him, hair. Shave him. Yeah, yeah, he really does. I mean, it's just like, I mean, all the way down his his legs. Um, the other one looks great. Uh, but you were talking about horse prices and I thought it was funny just cause like we kind of lucked out on horses, buying horses. We had one die and so then we had to get another one to kind of replace her great horse. Very sad that she died. But then we ended up getting one for free from like a guy in gypsum. Mm. Um, he was just like, and him and my dad like became best buds. Like they like text each other, like, uh, pictures of animals and stuff nice. all the time. And I was like, man, we need horse to keep, guys. we need to keep him uh you know we need to stay friends with him because if we can get free horses you know but um i'm I'm really excited to to see your film um and to really get some feedback from you guys of what you guys think about it because you know you guys are the real deal you've done this stuff before you've done it on horses you did it on a standard bike you've tried all the other things out there so i'm really excited to to really to get some feedback from you guys to see how this works out for you because i think that what you're going to find is the future is now and oh yeah it's Future uh, is now it's it's, <laughs> it, it, it's it's a whole new world and it's a whole whole new ball game when you get out there with one of these machines and and really yeah. really understand the capabilities of what this thing well, can. Yeah. dude i mean like 
for those of you, if you're just listening, you can't see these, go on the website and check them out. They look badass. And that's the biggest part. You have hunting. to look good. You got to look badass yeah. riding into your spot. But like, I mean, this, this Jeep one here, it, it looks like a, uh, a freaking lean, mean fighting machine right here. Um, yeah, the our, partnership with Jeep has been fantastic. You know, yeah. How'd you guys get into that? They found us um, in a trade show. They kind of uh, stalked us for a little while <laughs> and then came and said, hey, you know, uh, we think what you're doing is really synergetic with the Jeep off-road lifestyle and we'd like to partner up and, you know, we're interested in partnering with an e-bike. They didn't tell us yet at that time. It's still a little bit early, uh, but the bill, uh, the beans were spilled shortly after about the new Wrangler 4xe and the new electric vehicles coming out, um, yeah. especially that Wrangler. So we were absolutely integrated into the whole jeep off-road electric story yeah uh, we've been traveling with them over the last year showing awesome. off the bike with some of the other e-vehicles we're headed to easter jeep safari here in another week or two uh to go down and actually going to be showing off a new product um so like you said keep an eye on our website keep an eye on our instagram if you're going to be in moab uh, for easter jeep safari come down to the hardware store on wednesday we're going to be literally unveiling a brand new product that is going to totally blow your mind um more things coming with uh, the jeep e-bike as we have called it um, and it's lived up to its reputation as the most capable mountain bike ever made wow Woo. dang dang that's that's sweet man um we were so just talking about going to the easter jeep safari thing well, just the other day yeah dude owen and uh josh are going to be bike packing during the the last weekend of it so i know Might have they're to. like they're like the goo they they're the ones who should go like it should not be me because i don't know enough but they should go yeah. But now I might go just to go just to go see. It's a great time. There's some <laughs> great people down there, and especially if you're new to the off-road world or to the Jeep off-road lifestyle, Easter Jeep Safari is a fantastic event to come down and see some of the concept vehicles, see some of the yeah. cool stuff Jeep's doing. Of course, we'll be down there. We'll be doing another Badge of Honor trail. Um, we've ridden the e-bike over, I believe it's now five Jeep Badge of Honor trails, mm -hmm. uh, which are trails recognized by Jeep as being kind of bucket list things for sure. Jeep owners really? to do Wow, um, as a way to further prove the capability. That's crazy. That's um, awesome. We actually That's just awesome. finished, uh, we just finished a Badge of Honor trail. Um, so like I said, keep an eye on this <clears> space uh, next week, Wednesday. Um, it's going to be hot. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll honestly probably be dropping this podcast on Wednesday of next week. So it'll yeah. be perfect timing. There we yeah. go. Um, so how many, cause I, like when I come to your shop here, it looks like a, a small company. Like, you know, you guys don't have a huge warehouse. How many bikes are you guys putting out every year? A lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot. You're actually in one of three of our warehouses here. Really? Um, we okay. have another warehouse that's about twice the size right here in Eagle. We have another warehouse down in Arkansas that handles shipping for that side of the country. That's oh, even nice. larger. Nice. Um, we were recently acquired by Vista Outdoor. Mm -hmm. So now we are uh, joined up with the, we call it the family of powerhouse brands. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got like Remington. And Remington, Federal, Heavy Shot. Yeah. Uh, huge, um, huge market share on the ammunition side. And yeah. really wonderful to be involved on that side of things to, to further integrate into the shooting and hunting world. Yeah. We also have a massive portfolio of outdoor brands. So we're partners with brands like Camp Chef. Yeah. Giro, Bell Helmets, Camelback, uh, just to name a few, Bushnell. Yeah. So it's been really, really cool to have the resources of Vista and the big company, but they've given us the leeway to keep our culture, to stay here in small town Eagle, and to keep what makes Quiet Cat so unique as a company. Yeah, I was going to say, like, when you, when you talk about getting acquired by like, something like Vista Outdoors, like when you use the word acquired, it sounds very corporate, um, and it does not seem super corporate you know it seems like a it seems yeah. like kind of like our shop i was saying like, like you can tell like how cool a company is by how many dogs you got running around <laughs> in the shop you guys yeah. had a few you know we, so we we're really proud of that we have a wonderful culture here at quiet cat it's it's funny you, you look around on friday afternoons and it's all talk about well where are you going this weekend what are you up to what are you doing and then monday it's the same thing oh how was it everybody's yeah. doing something cool everybody's an outdoors person we've got hunters we've got fishermen of course we're right next to world-class skiing and snowboarding and so i i want to throw it out there to your listeners we are hiring and if you mm. want to live in fantasy land and come out here and join <laughs> us with a dream job 
look us up. Take a look. We're, yeah. we're looking for good people. We're looking for talented people to come out here in the mountains and, and enjoy the outdoors with us. That's I, and we, I printed like, a couple resumes before I came over here. Sorry, uh, Kevin Angie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Might be <laughs> You're applying. You're going to ditch us now, huh? <laughs> no. That, I was going to say, because like, we get questions every now and then you know, about like how, how we got these jobs, and it was really just like, any other job, you know, it's not, I feel like when people think of like working for an outdoor company, they just think it's unobtainable. Uh, yeah. But it's, I mean, I applied, I did an interview and I got hired, uh, got hired just like any yeah. other gig. And, you and know? I, w- I would say the number one thing that we're looking for as employees, as an outdoor company is someone who's passionate about being in the outdoors. Sure. Well, that's the biggest thing, man. I mean, like if you're going to yeah. be working like the outdoor world, like guys are so enthralled with gear and like you got to really know your specs we, we got to know like you know the the grade of aluminum that we use for our or for our tent poles and we got to use you know know the carbon and the and the fabrics that we're using and but then we also got to be able to relate to customers and be like yeah it was you know up elk hunting the other week and i used a cimarron set the cimarron up and it worked here it didn't work there and it seems like just from the employees that we talked to here y'all have a, a pretty dang good idea on how to use these things i mean i'm sure you guys are whipping them all around but uh I, yeah i think that's so freaking important and yeah. i mean yeah just just from our little experience it seems like the culture here is yeah. is what the brand kind of represents and I mean, how could you really be stressed out living in Eagle, Colorado? Eagle. I mean, yeah. like how many, how many times were like, Ooh, we should have brought our fly rods and like yeah. pulled off, <laughs> you know, like on the yeah. way back. <laughs> if the water was a little clearer, I would have, yeah, I probably would have snuck it my like, it's, it's so funny you say that. Cause we have people that for lunch break, will hop on the bike and go, you know, climb a thousand vertical feet and then cruise back in. Um, we've had people for lunch, throw the waders on, head on down, you know, and go float a fly for a little while. Uh, we have a river park about a mile from the office. That's so what I was looking at. Yeah. yeah it, it, it's not uncommon for people to get, you know, close to the end of the day into the, the afternoon afternoon you know heat of the afternoon and just go and you know kick the shoes off real quick and go surf the wave for a little while yep. um, oh, that's it, awesome. it's a it's a really cool place like i said the culture here is great we have a full fleet of e-bikes that are only for our employees to use awesome. our employees check them out they go out and ride them they provide us with great feedback helps us develop new products exactly. it helps us go through uh, troubleshooting with challenges um, and then it's the same with the customers our customers come through here they they stop in they say hello we love uh, hearing stories about how people have used their bikes for different things and it's, it's been a really fun ride and we're really looking forward to the the future of the product and and learning more from our customers about how they want to use these machines and and where we we can really take you know the future of e-bike yeah that's yeah, awesome that's, hopefully so, i have some insight for you i don't know if i would be a, an extreme user but uh i'll give you what i got yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah i might just be having so much fun i forget to get feedback on that <laughs> yeah we're you know we're on instagram we're on facebook you know i'm a member of most of our, our quiet cat owners groups we engage directly with our customers you know we want to hear what the what the customers yeah. have to say we know that covid has had massive challenges with things like supply chain we've had of course issues with staffing customer service has been a challenge because yes we understand that you need this part and we're doing everything we can to get this part to you supply chain has been has been rough for everybody but we yeah. we really want our customers to know that we are a small business, even though we're, we're owned by Vista Outdoor, we still operate like a small business. We're still a, a group of passionate individuals that really do care about our product. We stand behind what we make and we want to continue to evolve and, and grow and, and make the best products we can and make sure that all of our customers have the ultimate outdoor experience. Well, heck yeah, man. I mean, sounds like, that, sounds like we're like in the same vein. Yeah. Yeah. That's sounds, what we want, man. I just, I just want everyone to go have fun. I don't care what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. As long as it's not illegal. Don't use our tents for illegal stuff. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do There's it. There's been some horror stories coming back. <laughs> customer service on what people have done with the tents. I swear. <laughs> I tell you, customer service and the rental operation, you will hear some fascinating anecdotes of how products yeah. are oh, used. Oh, dude. I'm yeah. sure with skiing too. I was just skiing along. Got it. Just skiing along. And then the whole thing just exploded. Yeah. All of a sudden. I'm sure that's exactly how it happened. Yeah. 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 Well, shoot, man. I mean, that was a pretty dang good conclusion there. I don't know. Do you have anything else to... I don't have anything else. I just... I'm I'm excited to go use it. Like I said, I'm, I'm already all in. Like I said before, 
there's tons of different modes of travel to get into the outdoors, but I'm all in on this one because I think that for what we're doing this weekend and what we do and just in general, um, like I can already think of like five different things I want to go do with one. Yeah. Um, you know, but I'm really excited for the turkey stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I mean, I don't, we'll, we'll let you know next weekend. One last question. Do your e-bikes guarantee that we'll be successful this week? Yeah. The e-bikes are going to guarantee that you have everything you need to be successful <laughs> that this week. That, that, yeah, that's a good answer. That's Dang it. It answer. doesn't come with a 10-inch <laughs> bearded Tom guarantee? Yeah. Un- unfortunately, no, but it does have a perfect spot to put it and haul it back out. It that, does. That, it uh, does. Dude. I was looking at it. I was like, man, it would just be like picture-esque. Picture-esque. <laughs> we'll do our best, man. We'll, we'll do our best to yeah. get a couple uh, – Good photos and videos and stuff like that. No promises, us, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I said, no I'm, promises. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what you guys come up with. I'm excited to hear your feedback. I think yeah. what you guys are doing is, is exactly what we've designed these bikes for. Yeah. Um, so I think you guys are going to have a great time. Um, it, it's going to be fantastic. And again, check us out online. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram, quietcat.com. Yeah. That's cat with a K. We've got some uh, new products launching here pretty soon. Like I said, a new product from Jeep coming uh during Wednesday of Easter Jeep Safari. And then we've got a couple other products are going to be dropping shortly after that. So definitely keep in touch. Give us a call if you have any questions. We've got a live chat function on our website. Um, we're here. Yeah. Come and hang out. apply for a job if that's yeah. what I mean, Absolutely. that's seriously, that's Come live that's the a dream with deal. us. Yeah. But just don't deal. move in from out of state to live in Eagle, Colorado. That's all I'll say. It's a pretty, pretty yeah. shitty spot to live. You're just going to gatekeep them like that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, used to, I used to tell people all the time when they, they would complain that uh, uh, skiing in Beaver Creek wasn't very good, they should go to Vail. I'd say, yeah, go to Vail. Go to Vail. Yeah, yeah, go to Vail. They got perfect lift lines in Vail. Yeah. Go to yeah. Vail. You yep. should absolutely go to Breckenridge. Yeah. That's what Breckenridge you is do. amazing. Yeah. Actually, love We love, love Breckenridge. <laughs> Breckenridge is amazing. But yeah, yeah I mean, it is. Yeah. Actually, just go skiing. gotten astronaut oh yeah go ski in new hampshire that's what i'll say yeah there you go well right on man really appreciate you jumping on yeah cheers uh, thanks for coming through and uh thanks for having me on here and like i said i I can't wait to see what you guys uh you guys produce and and good luck with the hunt yeah Yeah, thank thank you very much much. appreciate you